0: And we back.
1: So now, what do we talk about?
0: That is the question.
1: (sighs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, Um, Lindsay and Jeremiah Kilps here. Uh, We're taking a little bit of time right now. We wanted to have a bit of a longer video, um, kind of more of a podcast style where we um, just sit and talk a little bit about our life and go a little bit more in depth into some of the uh, things of what does it look like to to do ministry here? What does it look like to be a family of four that kind of... Six. Yes, family, yeah. Four kids, family of six, four kids, um, <laughs> that you know leave a place and kind of uproot and and be removed, re-rooted re, um, re- for a time and a season, and to do ministry. Kind of, what are the highs and lows of of the the Kelps, the yeah. Kilps family life. Right.
0: So, and even just on my heart to share something a bit more real, something that we are actually walking in. I think um, it's just vocalizing that the internet is full of perfectly curated. Or um, very strong opinions and things like that. And I just don't desire to be just more white noise. Mm. I long to actually connect. Um, and I think most people do. So we're just going to share what's real in our <laughs> process and bring you into it. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, let's start off with a first. Let's start off with a high and or a low and a high. So let's start off with Lindsay for you. What's a, like, thing that you're like, oh, man, this is, this is just, this is a challenge. This be a struggle. And then we'll do kind of a, a counter to that. What's, what's up? Are
0: we up? starting off, like, surface and then we going deep? Or we, like.
1: You can do however you would nose like to do in. You can nosedive in. You can just, however you want to. <laughs> you can take the big kahuna out immediately and just, wha-bam. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of my biggest wrestles in being in ministry is wrestling through the area of finances and mm-hmm. what does that look like. I mean, I think our wrestle, not just mine, but what do what does it look like to raise finances in this day and age, but yet trust the Lord and have faith for that He will provide. Um, and then practically, like support raising is hard.
1: Yeah, it's hard. So
0: um, that's a whole big thing that we could talk about for a while. But that's definitely like one of the hardest like mental and spiritual wrestles, I think, at the moment. And for a couple of years, actually, mm-hmm. the different times and why I've been in YWAM. And then a high right now um, is that I feel like we've hit a really sweet spot with our parenting like i'm really enjoying being a mom right now um and i feel like i've conquered some of this like angry mom stuff i was dealing with and i'm really just learning to enjoy the kids and sitting and watching them play and learning who they are and taking more hold of affirming their identities and just really enjoying it mm-hmm. went swimming with them last weekend I was fun mom I got in the pool multiple <laughs> times, <laughs> got my hair wet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how about
1: you? Hmm. Well, I think if I, to start with maybe a, a low, a valley, I think one of the things that I always tend to struggle with is, is doing ministry at Youth with a Mission Kona, which is on Kona, Hawaii, is always the... Perception that people sometimes have of Hawaii because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, you know, it's this island, it's a tropical island. And when people think Hawaii, they think of like a lifetime vacation, you, you know, and so it's like the most classic thing as a YWAM of staff is to have people be like, oh man, suffering for the gospel in Hawaii, I see, you know, Lord, do it to me. Um, And, and, you know, of course you've got to laugh at that because it's, there's an element of that, that like, that's true and makes sense. Um, But I think I wish that people, I wish more people could be here and see, Um, just what like everyday Hawaii looks like, because it's not really different than most other places. And in fact, in a lot of ways, there's also a lot of limitations here because you're on an island. And so, um, there just isn't as much stuff to, to do. There aren't as many places to go. You're kind of stuck to like one location. Um, and then for us too, we've been, you know, kind of figuring out our vehicle situation. So for the first, you know, we'll be here about six months now, we have some vehicle stuff, but they, we've been working on them for a little while and neither of the vehicles fit our whole family. So we don't have like a minivan. And so we kind of have to go places separately and we can only go so far. So we haven't actually gotten to do much on the island. Um, and because of how much industrialized, like how much, how many businesses and and building complexes uh, try to make their way onto the island and then raise the price of everything, um, there's actually a lot of poverty on the Hawaii Islands that people don't realize. Like people are like, oh man, everything's just beautiful and incredible, but there's actually a lot of um, poor parts of town, and a lot of the local Hawaiian people live in low-income housing and. There's a lot of drug crime and a lot of crime um, and a lot of um, abortion, rates. Yeah. abortion Crazy. teen pregnancy. There, yeah. There's a lot of uh, the 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 underbelly of um, it kind of reminds me sometimes of like Las Vegas. Like people think like, oh, I'll go to Las Vegas. It's all the lights and the pretty. But quickly you kind of get to the underbelly and there's actually a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of not nice, not great stuff. And so um, so I think I wish sometimes people could kind of be on the day to day of like what it looks like to be in Hawaii that you you're know, sweaty
0: all the time. Yeah. You're sweaty and all the time.
1: I rarely, I <laughs> go to the beach. Like, <laughs> you know, you walk around places. There's not a ton to do the city Kona here. There's not like a ton of stuff to do. And even the stuff you can do, you're, on a missionary budget. So you're really not doing those things because all those things are for tourists. So they cost a bunch of money and
0: maggots um, and geckos and cockroaches and yeah,
1: you know, so just the, the not glamorous side and, you know, and I don't say that complaining, like, you know, there's a lot of awesome things and and there's a lot of beauty here, but, um, there's also a a very not glamorous side of it. And I think sometimes I wish people could see the, the not so glamorous side Mm of, um, Hawaii. of doing ministry in Hawaii because <laughs> it definitely has it. So, um, and then, um, uh, a, a mountaintop, um, man, I'm going to probably ride on yours with, with parenting. Like I've really enjoyed in this season, um, getting to learn and by no means master, <laughs> um, or have figured out, but really get to learn what it looks like to raise children in a ministry environment. Like I know that when we first got married, we were in YWAM and then we had Aislinn, our oldest daughter, but then we moved back uh, to Wisconsin shortly after having her and we were out um, of ministry for five years. You know, we were, you know, I mean, we were doing every, you know, everyday ministry with our church and small groups and things like that, but we weren't full-time ministry. You know, I had a job for a number of those years, started running a business for the the second end of that. Um, and then, you know, doing ministry is kind of an above and beyond thing. And um, so starting off having that, the conviction or the desire, like, oh, we really want to bring our kids into ministry. And now getting to practice that and getting to learn what that looks like doing full-time ministry and how do we not... You know, make. How do we not make the ministry the main thing, but how do you know to to always remember that? <clears throat> out of all the people that I'm going to impact in my life, out of all of the disciples that I'm going to have inevitably throughout my life, that the the people that I'm going to make the greatest difference in. Are, it's going to be my children, you know, and and that if I if my heart is to disciple people who love the Lord and to to go and change the world to go see His kingdom come, it's like well the the best opportunity I have to do that is to then pour myself into my children and to disciple them, um, and point them to Jesus and that they would be um, lovers of Christ, and so um, yeah to get to practically learn that to have some hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, experience in this season, doing ministry full time and feel the tension, the pull of like, oh man, it would be like, you have that pull to just dot, consume yourself with the ministry. And then, you know, find babysitters, find nannies, like always like, so I need somebody to watch the kids. I got stuff to do, but um, to instead learn what it looks like to discipline and to say, no, these are sacred times that are set apart where it's for our kids. And, um, and even just recently, like we had once, so, like I grew up, um, and my family always ate around the table and like, it was just a special thing that I really like loved and always remember, like we always ate dinner around the table. And even recently without really realizing it, we were starting to have like one-on-ones and two-on-twos and, um, kind of some ministry times, Oh, d- during dinner so we weren't yeah. just like sitting down as a family and we started noticing after a couple weeks of that like just something was kind of going off like wasn't right with the kids they weren't at rest they were kind of acting up more mm-hmm. um and then all of a sudden i just felt like the lord showed me um oh, like, oh, here's this time, like this kind of right before dinner, dinner, and then until they go to bed, like this really needs to be set apart time mm-hmm. where we're ministering to our children. And ministering obviously can just mean you're playing with Legos on the ground with them. And, you know, that's what ministering to a, a four-year-old looks like. Usually. Just being present. Just being present and seeing them, yeah. but realizing like, oh, our ministry has started to encroach on that space that's supposed to be set apart for our kids. We were able to say, okay, like new, new Kilp's family rule, well, we don't do ministry over dinner. Well, you know, like that pre you know hour before dinner, dinner.
0: Four to seven. The
1: four to seven is like, nope. Yep. You can come, you can come be a part of what we're doing here, but I'm not, you know, no structured ministry. You're I'm gonna, gonna just
0: push my kids. Yeah.
1: It? You're gonna come and watch yeah. me parent my kids if you come <laughs> during that time. So yep. so I think that's been something, yeah, to just agree with you that I've enjoyed. So yeah. All right, give me another one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and this one it could be either whatever comes to your mind so it could be high or low
0: totally i had just thought of one and it it went away it's gone it's gone
1: <laughs> lord bring it, back. bring it back
0: oh um a low is laundry on campus <laughs> um it and i when we talk about Lowe's, I feel so complete, <laughs> but it's just real. Like to go from having a washer and dryer, like on the same level as everything in our house available to me whenever I need it to having to sign up for laundry, drag it outside all the way up the stairs. <laughs> it's like tucked in this tiny little closet Um, we're, we're six people my kids are constantly outside, everything's very dirty, like all the clothes are very dirty. Um and I just do it once a week because that's what I have time for. Um and then you gotta hope no one has like snuck their laundry in during the hour that you blocked out. Um and then it costs a dollar fifty to wash, no, a dollar seventy five to wash and a dollar fifty to dry. And you can't really air dry in Hawaii unless it's like a big sheet because there we're six people. That's so many clothes. There's not really like anywhere to hang dry um, and things get moldy really quick. And so you have to, you have to use dryer. Um, so we are spending easily 50, $60 on laundry. That's not including detergent. <laughs> <laughs> it's not including, yeah, like stain remover. That's like just the machines. Um, we're easily spending 50 to $60 a month on laundry um, and then if anyone throws up, or wets the bed, mm. or poops in their swimming suit, <laughs> which happens a lot, mm-hmm. um, then it's more. So that's just not like I don't mind laundry, but here it's just like there's so many like hurdles, and then just to feel like I'm spending sixty dollars, it's just like it's it's hard. Mm. It's rough for me. It hurts my heart a little. <laughs> Just want to do laundry. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I'm going to go to one of my, um, one of the, the high points the things I really enjoy about being here mm-hmm. is I really enjoy um, that YWAM Kona is the largest of the YWAM bases. So I think there's like 1,800 YWAM bases in the world or something like that. It's something crazy. Like nations all over the world. um, Like it's, yeah, there's YWAM bases all over the place. And um, YWAM Kona is the largest of the YWAM bases. And one of the benefits of that is that um, it's kind of like a, a, a hub. It's kind of like a... What would you call it? Kind of the the queen beehive of all the of the YWAN bases, and so we get a lot of people who come through from different YWAN bases to speak in schools, to visit, to connect with the base leadership of this mm-hmm. um, of this YWAN base here, um, and because of that, we get to hear about what God is doing in the world quite regularly, and that's so that's encouraging. Cool. If you feel that your heart needs um, more encouragement and vision of what the Lord is doing in the world, I would highly encourage you to check out, um, YWAM Kona's, um, their, their YouTube page. You can sign up for their newsletters that they um, release quite regularly. Follow them on Instagram. And, um, you can also watch on Thursday night, most of our, on, on our, on Thursday nights here on the base, we kind of have essentially YWAM's version of a church service, it's called our family night. And then we have some worship and then they um sick. and then they have a speaker who comes in and it's usually one of the kind of main speakers who's coming in and speaking at one of the schools that's running. Um and he goes and often gives a testimony about what God is, is doing in the world and what God is doing in, in through their ministry. And so that's one of the things that I'm just so thankful to the Lord for. And I try not to take for granted is to always have this kind of encouragement coming your way that God is truly moving in the world. Like, it, the 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 devil has not won. You know it, it like there is light and there are lights being sent out in all the world and there are ministries in countless nations and and all over we're watching God do really powerful things. Just this past week we had um, a ministry that was coming out of South Korea where the Lord is um speaking to them about raising up young people who are worship leaders who are going to go into the different places of society and see um, the good news preached and to see transformation come. So people who want to go and run, um, moral, integrous businesses that glorify the Lord and to see people who are going to start churches and worship ministries. Um, but as well as people who are going to be teachers and see schools raised up and there's a whole ministry in South Korea that's already seen, um, I thousands. Think, yeah, thousands and thousands of young people come through its ministry um, to influence Korea for for the go- with the gospel and for the kingdom of heaven. Um, and then the week before that, we had one of our uh, staff, our long-term staffers here. Her name is Susie Childers. Um, highly encourage you to look her up as well and, and get her information. But um, she just came back from what was Nigeria. it? Nigeria. And she told us the whole story about Nigeria is divided in half right now between the southern part is the Christian part of Nigeria and the northern part of Nigeria is the Muslim uh, part of of Nigeria. And she came back and talking about just the tensions that have been going on between that and a lot of the persecution of the Christians on the Christian side of Nigeria. Um, and then she, um, told us the testimony of, of the YWAM base that's being raised up. That's pretty close to the border. And it's primarily taking in, um, women who have been widowed because their husbands have been killed Mm. for the sake of the gospel. Um, and they have like hundreds of women now that are going through this discipleship school and they're becoming prayer warriors and intercessors and evangelists that are praying to see, Ah, uh, the spirit of Islam broken in the northern part of Nigeria, and the gospel go in, and so uh, she's... they're
0: forgiving the people who yeah. killed their husbands, mm-hmm. and um, they're just doing such incredible things, and the testimony of what the Lord is doing in them. They are of their own accord choosing to stay up all night and intercede for those men that killed their husbands, and they're choosing to intercede for revival in their country, and they're raising up their children to love the Lord, and they're learning how to garden and how to sew, and like. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So good. And then a couple of weeks before that, we had um, a, a, a man named Dr. Michael Brown, who's a pretty well-known theologian who came in and um, he talked to us a bit about just revival and some of the things that God is doing in the world. Um, and um, a bit about how it kind of comparing it to the Jesus movement that happened in the 60s when the sexual revolution was going on. There was also a revival come, going on calling being called the Jesus movement. Um, and then he talked about some of the, the highlights and the great things about that movement. And then some of the things were that the church fell short in that movement and how um, that that as we're believing for revival in America. Um, I'm sure many of you have heard about some of the outpourings that's happening at Asbury University and other universities around the United States. And so as we're um, believing and praying that uh, the Lord wants to bring a revival and awakening to our nation, to mm-hmm. the nations of, of the world, um, some of the things that we can learn from looking back at the past um, uh, the past uh, revivals that have come. So yep. j- just a couple examples of of getting to have people who've come through and talk about really... Mm-hmm amazing and incredible things and to just be filled and encouraged. So again, if, if any of you are feeling that you need courage and some vision in your life, I'd highly encourage you to, you know, get the newsletter of YWAM Kona and follow some of the social media platforms um, and uh, watch the Thursday night gatherings because I think you'll really be encouraged by that Um, as, uh, yeah, we talk about and learn what the Lord is doing in the world and get some vision. So that's one of my favorite things.
0: Jeremiah's visionary heart is just on cloud nine all the time.
1: <laughs> truly, very much
0: so. <laughs> not that mine isn't. You're just more visionary. Than truly, I am.
1: Tr- truly.
0: Don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that a high that I am just absolutely loving and drinking in in this season is the teachability and the culture um, to be discipled. On this campus, and it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, um, it is expected that you are coming to be teachable, mm-hmm. and that there are really no areas of your life that are off limits to be mm. taught and discipled and brought under the lordship of Christ, um, which serves everybody. It serves a young person that's coming to do a DTS, and it serves the old person that's coming to disciple and to learn and. Um, it's just, it's an, it's incredible, like a culture of teachability and that you can, Lord can, the Lord can speak to me or my leaders can speak to me or my peers can speak to me about anything that needs to be brought into submission or changed. It just creates this place where, where God's presence can rest and holiness can be something that is actually sought after. Um, so even in my own life, like there are areas that seemed like they were really good. And then the last six months, the like the Lord, and through testimony, and through marriage, and friendship, and parenting, and all the things like it, just the Lord has touched and been able to refine. Um, just being in an atmosphere where that is something that we go after, I think um, sometimes in normal life we are just really just okay to live the a mediocre life. And here, there's just such a culture of like we want everything that we can get out of this season. We want everything that the Lord has, and so there's nothing that is too costly to set aside that would hinder me from following Jesus. So like this last month, um, I didn't feel like necessarily the Lord asked me to, but through Jeremiah and then another one of our school leader friends, I was just provoked to set aside social media and Instagram. And it's something that I that I enjoy and, you know, I'm able to update people, but it was something that I just felt like, well, there's this invitation that I would not be clouded and that I would not um, fall into comparison or Yeah, just any of that. And like, why would I not set it aside so that I could have all that God wanted? Um, And just this last month, feeling like my head was so clear. I was better at parenting. I was more present. I was better able to engage with what the Lord had. Um, I just locked into reading my Bible more every day. And just like this culture of teachability and just going after holiness was such a precious gift. Because when it's a community that all does it together, there's just a grace to do it it comes easier Mm it feels like so it's a really precious gift on this campus and you just see people getting free of porn addictions and of um like self-harm and of comparison Mm -hmm. and of like even just like sarcasm and speaking like poorly of each other and gossip um so any like really big things and small things like the lord is just able to to touch all of those things and sanctify them, and I think that's so special in a community and something we need more of. Mm. But I love that about being here. Wow, that's awesome. Little... Hmm. What's another low from you?
1: Another low? Oh man.
0: <laughs> like a like, so, silly little one.
1: So this is what I'll oh, silly. Oh little. no. Okay.
0: <laughs> or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so this is what I'll say, cause this is kind of a both and this is uh, a really, um, I think, yeah, just, I think a necessary thing for us as believers to understand is, you know, we hear often in the church and we, we kind of go back to this question of the book of Acts and what does it look like to live out the book of Acts, Um, and one of the things is this emphasis on communal living, you know, and we see that typically like in revivals or, you know, in the Jesus movement or awakenings, like we kind of see this return to communal living. And, um, I know just, you know, growing up for us, that was a talk in our churches and stuff like a lot of people longing to just do more life together. I remember having a conversation with, um, your grandparents, Mm -hmm. um, And they were talking about um, kind of what I was asking, like, what was church like back in, say, the 50s compared comparative to now? And um, uh, her grandma, her grandma responds and says, she said, Back, back in the day, she was like, church, when you became a Christian and you, you know, did ministry or church, she's like, that was your everything. It was like your life. It was like, I'm a Christian now. It's like my whole life is, is communed together with Mm -hmm. people and with the ministry. And she says, today, church is something you do. She's like, you go and you do church. And then you're like, okay, now I'm done. You know, I've done, I've done church. And it's kind of like a punch in, punch out thing. Um, and I remember, and that, that's really, um, that's really stuck with me. And I've meditated on it since ever since having that conversation, that was a number of years ago and just realizing how much I, I'm seeing in, um, in people and just in people that we're longing for community again, you know, we're longing to, to really connect with people on a deeper level, um, with intimacy. We're longing, I think, to really be vulnerable, like with each other, like, man, I, I, I wish I could take my mask off. I wish I could just show everybody that I don't have it together. Um, But then there's kind of a cultural expectation that everybody's got it together and you've got your finances in order and you've got your house in order and your job's great and your kids are in school. You don't like to have it all together. Um, And one of the things that I've... That is both a, a highlight, but also it could be a great challenge. Is just the communal living of YWAM. So YWAM mm-hmm. really emphasizes living in community, um, and that's a great benefit because you you know your 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 rooms are open, your homes are open. If you're a single person, you're usually in a room with six other people, guys or girls, you know, um, whichever gender you are. And um, and then as a married couple, you know, we get. And as a family, we get our own our own dorm room, but, you know, our, our dorm is open, you know, for people to come in and to be ministered to and to see how we mother and father. And, and so in that, there's a really great beauty of kind of getting back to this acts like vulnerability and openness where we, where we really truly do life with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in that are the challenges because then all of a sudden you start to do that and you start to realize like how selfish you are. <laughs> You're like, you, know, you start to realize like...
0: I don't want to share my food. Yeah,
1: I don't want to share these things or I don't want to share this. and And then I even think learning... You know, what does it look like to be open and vulnerable and live in community, but also then have healthy boundaries of like. But then there also is a certain space that like my wife and I need space together and I need space with just like my closest friends and I need space with my children. And so um, learning how to do that, you know, has been so I think the communal living is probably both a high and a low because some of your highest highs, (laughs) some of the most beautiful moments come out of communal living and then some of your just most. Like freak out, frustrated (laughs) moments will also come out of living in community. And so, um, yeah, I think so kind of a both for me with communal living.
0: That's a good one. I have two more simple ones. Um, I really love worship on this campus. Mondays are just the best day because we start out from 8 to 9 and it's called Monday morning worship. And the whole campus gathers for an hour and just worships the Lord. That we start our week with our eyes on Jesus, and we just, the main goal is to exalt the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, not to get anything from it, just to exalt the Lord and set our eyes and set our mind in the correct place at the beginning of the week, which I think is so countercultural and awesome. Um, and then Monday nights are what we call ministry nights, and that is where we just we come to minister to the heart of the Lord, but often in that space the Lord then decides to touch us as well, and it's a place where we just kind of give the night to the Lord and whatever He wants to do. Some mm. nights there's healing, some nights there's um, just a sweet, peaceful presence of the Lord, and some nights it's like a wild joy party, but it's just like we start and end Monday with worship, mm. um, and then we worship other parts of the week too, but I think particularly monday it's just i really love
1: it well thank you guys so much for uh sitting and listening to us chat a little bit about of our our life and go in a little more in depth about what we're doing we're um hoping to do more of these yeah. um where they're more podcast styled and we just kind of sit and talk about yeah our life and what god is teaching us and what he's saying and doing and to hopefully encourage you. So, yeah. as Lindsay said, if there's any questions that you have about us life, about our life, off life, off life, of, <laughs> of life, campus life. Oh, my gosh. About campus life. <laughs> um, or anything you want to know in general. If there's something you'd like us to comment on or talk about or current events or world issues. I don't know how much we'll have to say. But
0: or... Theological, question. Theological questions.
1: Theological questions.
0: Enjoy
1: those. Yes, if you have questions about why WHAM and um, some of the theologies about why WHAM, is interdenominational, but it is more charismatic leaning, um, and so if you have questions about the some of the theology of why Youth of the Mission does what it does and um, where it's found biblically and where those convictions come out of, we would be happy to also address those questions. So, yeah, yeah. kind of just want to chat with you everybody's doing a podcast so we might as well do a podcast you know all right well thanks for thanks for listening thanks for listening love you guys bye (laughs) (laughs) perfect (laughs) great
0: i think we're doing better at being ourselves